Hi guys! Hi! Welcome to episode 10 of the Booked, Busy and Mind Your Business podcast. I'm your co-host Nicola. And I'm your other co-host Finlay. So today we've got a very special guest. I'm actually personally quite excited about this because of what she's doing at the moment. I think Mm -hmm. it's amazing. So hello and welcome Dio. Hi! Thanks for having me guys. How are you doing today? I'm really good. How about you? I'm good, just tired, you know, working week and that. Yes, exactly. And some of us are really working like six day weeks, seven day weeks. So trust me, I totally get it. It's so true. So um, I haven't said what you're up to yet because I want you to kind of introduce yourself and talk about it. So do you want to tell our listeners a bit about yourself? Okay, great. So my name is Dio and I am the founder of AfriClick. And AfriClick is a new dating and networking app. And it's very specifically targeted for Afro-Caribbean professionals and creatives. So in essence, it's just really tailored to our culture. Mm. And the aim is to provide a better dating and a better networking experience, perhaps than some of the other products out there, which we know that oftentimes, particularly as black women, we are maybe don't always have an optimal uh, experience. (laughs) Yes, indeed. So, like, how did you come up with the idea? Like, usually when people, like, start a business, it's because they've had, like, a bad experience with um, something similar, like, out there. Okay, so I would say the motivation to create AfriClick, it it came twofold. Uh, Firstly, okay, fine, let's start with a bad experience first because that's kind of like more fun. Yeah, let's jump into it. So, yeah, so in my previous life, I worked in uh, IT management consulting. I was at uh, Deloitte for a while and I was at Accenture. So really doing the whole working in the city, long hours, Mm. traveling at very short notice. So I kind of like had a great life, great lifestyle, great salary, but definitely there just wasn't much time. I was definitely finding that when I was in whether it was my office or my floor or my team, I was always like the only black person. Mm. Maybe almost the only black person in the building, aside from like the Nigerian security guards who come in in the morning. He'll be like, hi, sister, you leave late at night. He's like, are you okay? So like every day I'm like, okay, somebody show me love. At least the security guard has like acknowledged me. But uh, nobody else. So I think it was... And then also for a period of my life, I lived in Lagos as well. And I realized uh, I was born in London and grew up in London, but my family decided we were going to move there for a few years, which was actually really great. And we did. I was nine when I moved. Oh, okay. And then I was about 12 when I came back. But then after that, I started to go at least once a year, if not twice a year, and just spend more time and Mm. do a bit of work. So it just kind of like really reconnected me. And so what I realized when I was uh, kind of in the office environment in Lagos, I was like, wow, you can just in the process of waking up, commuting, being in an office environment and coming home, I was just meeting like eligible men mm. all the damn time. Yeah. Because it was just as basic as even if you visit a bank, there's your your peers are around you, if yeah. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then you meet people, then you go for drinks after work. And I was like, wow, it's so easy here just to like date Same and meet men who are doing the same thing you're doing just mm. on like an organic basis. And yeah. then I finished and then I came back to London. And again, it's like crickets, just the security, <laughs> just, just the security guard. So that kind of also triggered something in me. 
Definitely, I would say if we look at because there's quite a few other products on the market. Yeah. I mean, we can talk about everybody talks about Tinder. Yeah, I we've had, done a dating episode where we yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I've, I've listened. Yeah. I've listened to all the episodes, but I made sure I listened to to the dating one. Uh, I. I had a horrendous experience on Tinder. Oh, no. Where, um, I mean, and I, I, will, I will give the very short version of the okay. story. And, and literally, I, I did it once and I was put off uh, completely and I didn't. Really? Um, yeah, because there was a. Uh, to be somebody... fair, I did too, remember? You did too. I, I did as well. Like, I went on Tinder. It was more, it was more for market research yeah, purposes for our day episode. It wasn't really. It was. I don't want to say, like, it wasn't genuine, but it, it, it was. Like, if I happened to. If you had met someone, someone yeah. great, you wouldn't have said. But I wanted no. to experience what it was like being on a dating app because yeah. I hadn't been on one before and I was one of those people that were quite. Um, about it because it's just different but yeah sorry back to you no no absolutely and i think that's also obviously plug but the great thing about me building africlick because i am we are i am building it not necessarily for people who have been on tinder for time and Mm. they're so used to it no because i think when we apply it to kind of like our culture we all know yes our first preference is to meet somebody through family and friends that mm. is what we all want that's the holy grail yeah. then people will ask for them to be six foot to have a good job oh, yes. maybe to have a beard have, yes have hashtag beard. Beard gang you want him to have a nice body not a body that's too nice that yeah. means he's in the gym too yeah. much and he can't work but a body that's nice enough so it means he's he hits the gym a few times a yeah. week. We have a long yeah. ass list yes, of requirements. And granted, I think, I do think kind of as, you know, women of colour, we take our personal safety, I don't want to say more seriously than perhaps other races and nations, but you know what I mean? I yeah. think there's a consciousness. We're not yeah. the ones that we, you wouldn't go to a bar by yourself, no. get shit faced drunk, no. and your, no, your, no, 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 your cards are falling not. out yeah. everywhere. And yeah. you're, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. saying. <laughs> 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 very loud in your head. Just very loud. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not what we do. So I really have built Africlix. So, but yeah, so I mean, anyway, uh, briefly the, the, the Tinder experience, and I was trying to be open-minded at the time as well. So mm. it was a guy. He was he was white. He was like you know properly like English. We chatted for a while. I wasn't even really sure if I wanted to meet, but he was really like you know we should meet. Let's mm, take it offline. We've been chatting for about maybe three weeks or something like that. Okay. Um, and to cut the long short, uh, we chose it was like a restaurant kind of bar. When he arrived, he got there before me. He was hanging around outside. I arrived and. Uh, he was outside and he was finishing up a work call. Right. He'd already told me he worked in wealth management, he worked long hours, so I could kind of like see when I approached him, he was clearly in the middle of like something, you know. <laughs> so I just kind of like waved at him when you know someone's on the phone. And so he kind of did uh, sign language, like I'll see you inside. So I smiled, that's fine. I went inside, I sat up at the bar. because I wasn't going to just choose like a restaurant table. I sat up at the bar. So when he finished his phone call, yeah, he came inside the restaurant because I could, see him mm. he couldn't necessarily see me and he went and sat next to another black girl who was sitting <gasps> at the dinner table am. oh my gosh no, yes, he <laughs> do you know did. what this literally this is another confirmation <laughs> that we all look the same yes we really don't. That's this thing. is it we don't look to them 
I know. And this, and this girl I didn't look like, like me. No, they, no. they never do. They never do. Build, skin tone, oh no, no, nothing. <gasps> the, the, Maybe those, those, two dates in the same no, night. No, no, no. Because no. the girl was looking at him I'm like, like dead, dead, because she was just confused. She didn't even say anything. She was just in shock as she was looking to the left and looking to the right. Then eventually he read her face. He looked around, then he saw me, then he scurried over and then and, and next to me. Was he red me. in the face? So, his recovery was smooth. His recovery was smooth. He didn't. He didn't acknowledge it or, yeah, they never, they never do or, or talk about it, <laughs> oh even though God. we were like now right next to each this other. This is wild. I um, actually can't believe it. <laughs> and then he still tried to kiss me at the end of the evening. Oh, oh when they tried on to. And and he did what? It's a it's a move that I call the lunge. And, um, and I do feel it's very specific. No black man has ever tried this for me before. So the lunge is literally where... You just dive right in. And take his hand and hook it around the back of your neck eh? and drag you in. I'm sure that's battery. It was just about like whiplash. You know what it is? They be getting it from those romantic films, but they need to read the signs, in it? Like, not all every woman, yeah. Like, they don't, in those films, the man are treating the women right. You're there, yeah, with your late self, your phone call self, with your sit beside any black woman self, and then you still want to lean in for the kiss. Yeah. Like, you're Prince Charming, you're mad. And drag her neck in. Yeah. That's like, so like that's not what it's like. The romance is like, it's the hand on the face, but like, he went like... Oh. <laughs> Oh my god! Like, if you have to drag my neck, clearly I'm not yeah, into I'm this. Not if that makes sense. So I mean, those are all contributing. Mm. And so in terms of like AfriClick, I mean the way we've we've really designed it, the profiles are very rich. So rather than maybe like a Tinder where you could see uh, Tinder, you can see an age and a location, and I think yeah. now you and can then see. A bio, in, um, if people bother to fill it in, yeah. which they don't. Mm-hmm. Or you, you can see an occupation as well. So, I mean, for AfriClick, you can see those things, but you can also see, uh, you can see the city where you live in. You can see your heritage country because mm-hmm. we have this thing of duality, cool. right? Because we I live. saw that you can um, filter by, like, tribe as well. Yes, you can. That is You can amazing. filter by a tribe or you can filter by heritage country because, yeah. say, for example, I find maybe people that are from, like, the islands. Like, I just signed up a girl from Barbados yesterday and she was like, yeah, I would really want to be able to go on and be, like, find somebody who's, like, from where I'm from even though I'm in the UK. Yeah. Uh, we also include sickle cell genotype. Oh, wow. And that... And actually, we what we do is we have a host of what we kind of call... It's sort of the private information. So whether or not you have children, your sickle cell genotype, what type of relationship you're looking for, and you can choose anything from casual to a relationship to married in the next one to two years to married in the next three to ten years. Wow! wow. Damn, girl! Those people on that premium are going to be serious. You guys going to be like having babies on your app, you know? I love that. Babies, babies and marriage. On the app. <laughs> I love Babies that. Babies and marriage wow. on this app. Yes. It's so good, though, that you, you, you've thought about that because it's very important, actually. No, it is. It's very important because everyone's mm. looking for different, different things. Specific, like someone yeah. might want something casual. Someone might ready to get married within yeah. the next year. Some people might want to be in a serious relationship and build towards that within two Exactly, years. with intention. Yeah. And then there's the... Exactly, you can say casual, you can say just a relationship. So if you really don't know, it's something in between. Yeah. Then the one to two years, I think, grabs the people that are like, quite, okay, fine, it's what I want to do. Then three to ten years is open, you know. It's, yeah. it's like, you know, you can choose that. And to your point, you'll just kind of say, look, you want to date with some 
intention. intention yeah. And all of that information doesn't show on your profile, the, the fields we've just right. mentioned. So okay. whether or not you have children, your sickle cell genotype, whether you drink and smoke and what you're looking for, that stays in the algorithm in the back so the app can use it to match you. But we keep that information private because you don't necessarily want to be like, oh, hi, my name's Dan. I want to get married in the next one to two years. No. But if you know in the back end, the app has taken that into consideration. And, you know, and obviously not every match is going to be every box checked, but it can just kind of put people in circles of and introduce you to people, you know, Mm -hmm. with that commonality. Then on the face of it, yeah, you can see their job. You can see their bio. You can see where they're from, where their parents are from. I think that age, we've also done like little hashtags that are culturally specific. So where you can, so I don't know, because I know that I think on a typical dating app, I don't know, you would find the hashtags of things like, I don't know, beer or football or whatever. Mm, But, you know, we've put kind of like black specific things. Like you can say if you're black girl magic, black boy joy, if you're an island girl, there you go. If you're a Yoruba demon, all of that stuff, you know, people can flack themselves. That's good. Well, do you want to tell us a bit about the, you know, how you got started? So like the stages kind of thing of how you kind of got Afroclick off the ground. The process. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, So I, because actually what what I did was when I really knew it was something I wanted to do, I went to my uh, employer at the time and said I wanted to drop to part-time but to do an MSc so I actually did an MSc in technology at UCL oh, okay. part, yeah and that's, it was, what's really cool about that degree is you can do it part-time which I think is really great like computer science? in terms of uh, so it's it was like a technology entrepreneurship management right, okay. so mm-hmm. more like the sort of the management of high growth technology as okay. opposed to like uh, my undergrad was computer science but so this, oh, okay. this so was a kind lot of tech um, background. Okay. I, I do have a, a, a technical a background but this was definitely more, uh, you, anybody could take this MSc. I do recommend it. Like you don't have to be technical, but if you're interested in kind of like technology and entrepreneurship. So luckily through, well, not luckily, but I chose it, that MSc part-time, it taught me a lot about the lean startup, mm. which isn't something okay. which, uh, because I've been doing technology delivery in the city, that's more kind of like waterfall methodology, i.e., uh, you sign off every stage of development. Yeah. So you do the design, it's signed off, you then start building. It's Everything is yeah. done stage by stage. Whereas, is it more kind of like the tech side of building? So whereas your master's was business? I'd say it was, I mean, it was different. It, yes, I would say it was business. So like mm. there was one module around accounting, okay. one module around venture capital. There was something around customer development, which is a lot of what I did at the beginning of uh, AfriClick. Yeah. There was stuff around the lean startup. So it was it was a great way to kind of learn all that stuff. But to your point, I mean, in terms of when people say, where did you get started? I have an idea. I don't know where to start, which is usually the case. I don't yeah. have any money to start it. Yeah. Definitely the case. Mm-hmm. I know how to do some things, but I definitely don't know how to do everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So lean startup methodology, it's around, uh, so there's something called the lean canvas, which I recommend if anyone's interested, you can kind of like, Google it mm. rather than doing a business plan that might be like 15 pages the lean canvas is your business plan on one page yeah. and it makes you think about the different sections of your business is it, like sorry is it um similar to the business model canvas? yes yes okay, exactly yeah, right, and actually okay. they're almost the they are different. they're almost two different versions of right, each other okay. but it's the same you yeah. can you can pick whichever one but exactly bmc is actually probably it's it's a bit more kind of like straightforward so exactly you do i guess if anyone is listening if you literally google business model canvas you can find so many free ones and watch youtube to see what it is once you've done your business model canvas you look in all the boxes and you say 
what is the riskiest assumption in my business model? So say, for example, uh, if I wanted to start, I don't know, a shoe line that was, I don't know, all about red shoes, the, the riskiest assumption could be that, um, I don't know, people don't want red shoes or something like that. Yeah. But either way, so with AfriClick, I knew that the, one of the first things I really had to prove was, is online dating even something people in our culture are going to do and are ready for? And is there mm. enough of a problem That's a good that point. Okay. people yeah, are sure. willing to even like go online to try and like fix it? Mm. So the first thing I actually did for AfriClick was uh, we had an, we did an event. It was, uh, where was it? It was like Spitalfields, Liverpool Street. So kind of like back end. So when I say back end, you know, like right behind uh, Bishopsgate. So people could get there who were working kind of like in the area. Okay. It was a Thursday evening and it was a panel discussion about black dating and relationships. Wow, uh, I think I missed it. <laughs> 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 well, you've got to come to the next one. We do, we do them, we do them, we do them from kind of like time to time, time to time, about once a year, but I would love to do them more. So um, I had two panels. The first panel was kind of like the experts and social influencers. Yeah. So we asked, uh, so that's, there's a YouTube, well, they are content creator YouTube couple called Emmanuel and Swodel. Swodel, I don't know if you know them or follow them. They're like no, one of those cute YouTube couples. Like they've had a couple oh of gosh, babies, and they, you know, <laughs> and you know, you know what I mean. And they just do stuff. Here's our new house, that kind of thing. So they were basically like a, a positive representation of of black love to me because they're kind of like married and they have like a family mm. and they also talk a lot <laughs> yeah. about kind of like religion <laughs> or or what the exa exactly crying, exactly I mean? like a positive. So you know, we had them. Uh, I also had a, a relationship expert. Uh, I can't even remember who else was on my first panel. Either way, we have like a panel of uh, kind of like black love experts was the first panel. And then the second panel, the theme was Ask the Men. And Ooh. it was a panel of like That's professional uh, men. Now, what I love about my panels, I'm going to plug them up with everybody else's yeah, panels. Is that, um, <laughs> so with AfriClick events, when we have a panel of men, it was about six, seven men. But... Some of them were married, okay. some were in relationships, and some were single. A right. uh, big issue I think I have within kind of like our culture, and particularly on Twitter, a lot of the men on Twitter giving relationship advice are not married. Yes. Now, for me yeah, personally, it's true, you know, it's true. I'll married ones are too busy. Exactly. I'll give you my analogy. <laughs> if you're my personal trainer, you need to be fit. If you're my wealth manager, you need to be rich. If you're telling me how to do relationships, you need to be married. If not to me, what am I advice to you? Yeah. So I think there's a lot of kind of like faux bravado relationship advice on Twitter mm. from single black men, and it's very ego based. Here's what you need to do to get me. Yes. Those are the stories. So in AfriClick, we bring the stories of if I ask somebody who is married, when did you know she was the one? What made you commit? Yeah. What was your journey? Mm. And with these men at this point, there's no ego in the picture. Yeah. Because, you know, like they've submitted, they have children. These are men saying my life is better because of her. Yeah, my yeah. life is better because I chose one person. And these are guys saying things like, look, I worked in the city. I had that salary. I could get girls. I was driving the car. I was doing all of that. I didn't get married because I was a loser and I couldn't get anyone. No, something came along in a, you know, on a journey and a process. One yeah. of the guys on my panel, he even broke up with his wife at one point because he was not his wife sorry he broke up with his girlfriend at the time feeling like you know I don't you know yeah, I want to explore yeah, and he did she moved back to Nigeria and then he kind of like had a wave and he realized no it's her and he had to like beg her back beg her family so like full humility yeah um, and I he's like, like a lot of men go through that 
yes. happens. Like they have the to lose in mm-hmm. order to realize. But you know, like sometimes the women will not take you back. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, and a lot of the time they don't have the ego to even go back and beg. No, it takes a very big yeah. man to yes. humble, Absolutely. go and meet your friends, meet your family. A lot of them won't do that. They'll bury the hurt, go on to the next girl, Loki take it out on her. Yeah, yeah, and just continue. Yeah. But um, we digress. So to, your, <laughs> yeah. so to your point, first thing was uh, holding a panel discussion, which we still, okay, we do them, I would say, about maybe once a year. We've done about three. where And that was really just to, I guess, get people together. And we talked about things like, are we still, uh, we said, for example, are we still guilty of colorism in dating? We spoke about that. Wow. We said, yes. are black, <laughs> we said, are black men really supporting the natural hair movement? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get you guys on my next. You guys are very similar. Like, yes. The expansion just no. I know, and, and I love it because you guys are. Because when we announced these topics, first of all, the room fuck gets loud. It's like, shh, quiet. We then asked, uh, we said, does our culture, we said, does Afro Caribbean culture, are we more tolerant of infidelity than other cultures? Ooh. Ooh, no, I don't know. Room no. Went quiet. No, I don't no. Think so. This I was this so. was it. W- it was extremely divisive. Exactly. So exactly, a lot of people were like, "No, you know, don't become black people." So one of two two of the women on the panel, uh, Swode, who's um has her a YouTube channel, and then a, a lady called Esther Alade, who's a TV presenter. They both said, "Esther said I grew up in a polygamous household, so technically yes, right. my culture did tolerate." To an extent. Does that make sense? Yeah, a different yeah, type yeah, of infidelity. Yeah, yeah. Because it was polygamous, but obviously it's not as if every marriage is always, but the point is, does that make sense? Like yeah, it was that kind definitely. of thing. Swode said that, look, my dad did have children with other women and he was in and out. And so she basically described how that made her look at her mother. And she's, you know, she kind of was, I guess, describing of being young and looking at her mother saying, mom, why do you put, put up with this? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the crazy thing. A lot of people were like, no, but then there were two people on the panel that were like, well, this was my experience. Mm. So in my experience, yes, yeah. I did. It was tolerated in a way that perhaps, you know, it wouldn't have been. But then, of course, people spoke about how here, you know, we want to kind of repair this for the next yeah. generation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then I've had this discussion where maybe there's a lady called her Emma Dabiri, who she's just she's just uh, written a book, Don't Touch My Hair, which I think is going to be amazing. And she presents on the BBC. And she's, a, I think she's like an African historian, like a social wow. commentator, amazing woman. And it was interesting because when, when she came on a panel, she was like she was not pro polygamy but she said look this was an institution that existed in West Africa we were thriving on it and she basically spoke about you know colonialism and they came in and they told us it was wrong and basically kind of like challenging so kind of like so we just kind of talk about different weeds but to your point so initially it was kind of like socially testing the water and saying that uh are people really struggling yes to meet are we really struggling to kind of if you want to date within your culture is it a bit harder just because of i don't know the numbers people being busy so that kind of like gave me like sort of positive signals right to establish that there was actually a market a demand there for it exactly did you raise funding for like your to create app or did you use your own savings Uh, it's been initially i would say and i mean to use the phrase I suppose you could technically say I raised funding, but the first few kind of small injections I had were, uh, it was equity-free 
sort of grant okay. money that I I am. Um, they were actually uh, luckily all through UCL. So okay. the uni I was at is really good for entrepreneurship, and so I I entered about. I did a small kind of pre-accelerator there, which is like a summer course over a few weeks. So you kind of had to like semi give up your summer and be like, I'm not going to travel, but you're kind of going to go and develop your startup. And then there was like a big pitch competition at the end. And so I think there were about maybe 23 businesses. And in the end, they chose four winners. And what I think is amazing is that three of the four were like uh, black students. Yes, that's what we like to hear. Yes. Yes. I just thought, (laughs) they're like, go on. Just honestly, like so, so proud. One is myself, then somebody else was doing sports tech and somebody else was doing a med tech, uh, which I just thought. I have so much hope for this. Which I just thought, you know, like, I'm so excited. So excited. We're just so amazing, like amazing, humbling. So yeah, so Vanessa and I was kind of well. I guess I, well, I was going to say lucky, but obviously it's like a mixture no, no, of, you worked hard. of yeah, exactly. <laughs> there, there's hard work. There's positioning. Da, da, da. But so I was able to win uh, some. Uh, like a few pieces of money there's something called the ucl vc fund okay. which is like a very very mini sort of they call it the vc fund i wouldn't quite say it's a venture capital fund but it's a fund the university has to invest so i won like a pitch competition there then i won another pitch competition and then i did the accelerator so that gave me sort of some money mm. but then i'm also i've also invested myself yeah. and not only cash in also in entrepreneurship you need to think about the opportunity cost <coughs> meaning yeah. yeah if i was to be going and getting a job and a salary here's what i would be getting but i'm not getting that so actually one of the i think when people talk about like the stresses of entrepreneurship uh there's that thing i think of the opportunity cost where does that make sense if you've worked yeah, and yeah, you know absolutely. what you could be earning then you're like ah you know i'm not doing that da, da, da. Yeah. so um so initially it's been that Right now, AfriClick is in, so we're, we're in beta for the right. Android. Mm-hmm. Beta meaning that there's a test version, mm-hmm. like a test preview version, which is in the Play Store now. So anybody can literally go to the Play Store and search for AfriClick. And the Play Store will tell you this is like a trial version and you can give your feedback. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're doing now to get feedback. Then very soon, in fact, I'm almost literally in the next few literally there's 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 a link sitting in my phone so we'll be we'll be going for the the ios beta very soon now that happens through ios manages that through an app called i don't know if you're familiar with test flight in essence it's it's apple's version of how you release the test version of uh, of an app before you go to like oh, okay. the the real version. So that's going to be available on test flight quite soon. So I'll definitely send you guys like a link and so you can try yeah, it out. Yeah. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. so we'll be in beta. Everyone always wants to know how long you never really kind of know how oh, long yeah, because, so. uh, cause users give feedback yeah. and, you and then we perfect. as close as yeah. exactly. Because for me, I'm also very big on, I don't like it when black people are offered substandard products. Yes. Or experiences, yeah, mm, indeed, which we see happen, you know, all the time oh, when we go and do our hair, yeah. <laughs> you know, like so, so many other things. And so, I didn't want AfriClick to not be at least on par with the experience of mm. using like a Tinder or a Bumble from a design perspective, from a UX yeah. perspective, which, which to me was important, I think. Yeah. So, gonna, as a black woman in tech, because we all know the tech industry. Um, is not very diverse. <laughs> so, kind of, what challenges have you had, and also generally with um, your app, like, what challenges have you kind of faced and had to overcome okay. so far? 
Two great questions. So <laughs> experience, exactly. So experience as a, I mean, black, black woman in technology. I mean, the way I would say I probably kind of like internally deal with that. Mm. So um, I mentor through two organizations, which I'll shout out. One is called Black Girls Rule. Okay. And that's, uh, you can find them on the website, they're on Twitter. They're like a supportive community for black women that's like career focused. So I kind of like mentor and I've done a couple of workshops through that. There's also an organization called uh, WCAN. So Afro-Caribbean women in the city. Yeah. And so I also mentor, and they tend to pair me with the girls who are either doing consulting slash technology. So what I really like there is I can kind of feed backwards to them the the, the messaging and the support that I really would have needed maybe when I started about five, six years mm -hmm. ago. So I would say for me, the, the challenges have been, especially initially in my career earlier on, uh, five, six years ago in the UK, we didn't know what a microaggression was. Mm -hmm. yes. So when I was experiencing those things, you didn't know, is yeah. it in my head? Is, should I say something? And you worked in yeah. corporate, corporate as to, well. So I've heard that corporate, corporate, like... Yeah, they they will say some... Problematic. <laughs> oh, and, and, then, and then exactly, and to your point, in corporate, corporate, it's kind of worse because everything is so professional, so it will be done in such a polite way. Yeah. You're just left there and you don't know. So I would say for me, it's been maybe the, the microaggressions and sometimes it kind of chip, chip, chips yeah. and also being in, ext when I say extremely white workplaces, like like li literally just the security guard finished, like, like, <laughs> like, like no one else. And sometimes some of the EAs, the executive assistants for the partners, yeah. I remember even though two of them were uh, black. So I think it's been the microaggressions. Overall, I would say it has been a positive, amazing experience. My view is that tech is not very diverse. However, there is a massive skill shortage in technology. Yeah. So for me personally, as a black woman, I do think I've been able to have a great career. I've been mm -hmm. able to work for like the best consultancies in the world. I've been promoted. I've been able to earn well. But I think because with technology, because so few people have that qualification, my personal view is I think it's actually been harder to discriminate against me because you need the skills yeah. Yeah. to do the work. Okay, so in terms of like advice, what tips? Mm -hmm. Do you, you give have like, the as a roundup for people who are looking to start to do an idea, especially in tech? Okay, what are like the the main tips that you would say? So I would say definitely go and find out about the lean startup. Okay. Find out about that before you build anything. Find out about that before you pay anybody to build something. Okay. Then start looking for what are the cheapest, quickest, safest ways that I can test the problem associated with my idea so for example for AfriClick, i didn't go around and ask people would you use a dating app would you use a dating app no i asked people do you have a problem finding people to date ah. so you need to find the underlying assumption that's underpinning your business idea and test that yeah, okay. to then know if you should then go and uh, build something. I would say that. I would also say if you do do then end up wanting to actually build a technical product, a uh, technical build can just start from pencil and paper and sketching and prototyping what you want it to look like. Even if you only know how to use PowerPoint, you can go in there and start putting colors, screenshots, here's how I want it to look. Mm -hmm. I encourage people to think through as much as possible your full vision and your design 
just from a visual perspective, don't get put off by the fact that you might not then now be able to build the code to do something. Then if you do then end up either paying somebody to build or you take somebody on, make sure any contract you put in place is um, what they call kind of like milestones or gateways. So okay. divide it into like six things. Do not pay them everything at once. Do it yeah. piece by uh -huh. piece. That mm -hmm. way you can pull out and you still have leverage because the big mistake I see a lot of people do is they kind of give all the money Rouse at once the money and then they get something that can't be used and yeah. then they use up their resources. Yeah. Okay. Well, Dio, it's Thank been you. so good. Like, I'm so happy you came. Thank you so much. Um, where can everybody find you? Social handles? Yeah, super important. So we are uh, everywhere. We are at AfriClick. That's A-F-R-I. Click so where people of African descent click, and by African descent we mean everybody, Everyone. African American, Caribbean, Nigerian, we all are. So we're at africlick.com, africlick on Instagram, africlick on Twitter, and so the best thing to do now is to go to africlick.com, drop your email inside, and uh, as soon as we launch, we'll email you. Great. Great. Okay. Well, thank you so much again. And we cannot wait for it to come oh, out. Yeah. Congratulations already. It's, it's literally going to blow. It's so amazing. So, guys, that's all we have time for this week. Um, yep. Have a great week. Stay productive and booked and busy and minding your <laughs> business. business. <laughs> Bye.